Welcome to LHA Church. You're about to hear another inspirational message from Pastor Jerry Galloway, lead pastor here at Lighthouse Assembly. It's our prayer that this message is an encouragement and blessing to your life. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, if you'll take them out and let's go together to Romans, the 15th chapter. Today we're going to pick back up on our Love, Live, Lead series We've taken a few weeks of a break from the series. Today I want to pick back up. We've been looking at joy and peace, and the farther that we travel in this series together, the more I am convinced of its power in our lives. There are many today who are struggling with sadness, many whose lives are uh, really in a place, they're living a life of being harassed with discouraging thoughts, thoughts of suicide, loneliness. And I, I don't, I use that word harassed on purpose because we know that we have an enemy who's out to steal, kill, and destroy. We've, we've talked through John 10 and verse 10. Our enemies come to steal, kill, and destroy. But how many of you know Jesus come to give life? Say amen to that. But we have an enemy that we're at war with. And there are many who walk a daily battle with the enemy in this area. There are many who live day in and day day out harassed by the enemy. Their minds are run ragged. Their emotions are depleted. And I want to tell you today, my friend, if you have walked inside the doors of this church... I can tell you today that you don't have to live the rest of your life harassed by the enemy. There is one who is stronger than the enemy and there's one who's stronger than the lies of the enemy. There is one who is greater than the lies the enemy is telling. His name is Jesus Christ and he can set you free and you can walk in freedom in Jesus' name. Jesus said in John 15 and verse 11, I have told you this He says, so that my joy will be in you, and then as a result, your joy may be complete. There are people who are searching for something to fill the void in their hearts. Many have turned to different alternatives to gain joy and try to find peace within. But I have to tell you, anything that comes as a result of this earth, is only an empty offer. It's void of life. It is void of peace. It's a charade. It's a facade. There's no reality to it. But I would declare to you today, my friend, the life that Jesus Christ offers 
It's not only just a life to give us joy and peace, but it is a constant source. It is a never-ending source that flows from deep within through a relationship with Jesus Christ. You see, joy is an attribute of deity. Joy's source is divine. Joy comes from God. It is not of this world. My friend, you cannot have true joy without going through Jesus Christ. Happiness, happiness on the other hand, can be found in this life. And because it can be found in this life, it is left to the consequences of this life. That's why we find that happiness is not con. Uh, consistent, it's up, it's down, it's based on circumstances and situations. I shared with you about three weeks ago that you can't have happiness and unhappiness at the same time. You'll have one or the other. But the reality is you can have joy. How many of you know we walk through some times of sorrow in our life? The reality is, though, you can have joy and you can walk through a time of sorrow at the same time. You see, sorrow does not deplete joy. Joy will carry you through the times of sorrow. Joy will carry you through times of grief. Joy will carry you through times of difficulty. Joy will keep you in the darkest of nights. Joy will be with you when the friends have failed you and family has disowned you. Joy will be with you when you're on the mountain. It will not leave you when you journey through the valleys of life. Joy is defined in this way, delight and great pleasure. Since we know that God is the source of all joy, we understand that joy is supernatural because it is founded in God. It is supernatural because it comes from God. Joy is feelings of great, great pleasure and delight that are found in him. It has been said that joy is true contentment that comes from internal factors like our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. True joy is eternal because it's based on a relationship with Jesus who is the source of all joy. Now for our text, Romans 15 and verse 13. May the God of hope, how many of you believe that we serve a God of hope today? Amen. May the God of hope fill you. Somebody say fill you. May fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow, I love the words of that passage, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, I just want to recap very quickly where we were just a couple of weeks ago. We talked about the fact that joy is found in God. Joy is found by leaning in and leaning on and loving the God who made you and I. He is not just any God. He's your God. And he's not just concerned about the planets that orbit around the sun, but he is passionately and he is uh, intensely uh, in love with you. He is your heavenly father. He is your creator. He is your sustainer. He is your keeper. He's the one who created you. The Bible says you and I were created for his good pleasure. You and I are here today because he created you and I. 
Not only does joy come when I remember that he created me, but joy comes when I remember that he powerfully sustains my life. The reality is everyone in this room, you have experienced the truth that life is full of troubles. Life is full of trials and problems. But when you and I can reflect back and we remember the one who holds the world in his hand, when you reflect back and you remember the one who's greater, he's greater than our enemy, he's greater than my problems he's greater than my difficulties he's greater than my sorrow he's greater than my grief he's greater than my loneliness he's greater than despair he's greater than loneliness and sadness when you realize he's greater than my physical infirmities he's greater than my trials he's greater than my difficulties there's nothing that's bigger than my God he is the great I am he's the everlasting one he has always been He will always be. And when that truth gets in your heart, my friend, joy, joy begins to spring forth even in the midst of difficulties. He is our provision, our source, and our solution. The passage that three weeks ago I did not get to share with you that I love. This is such a great passage. And I think the older I get, the more the passage has meaning to be. Isaiah 46 and verse 4, he says, I will be your God throughout, I like this, throughout your lifetime. Not just today. Not just tomorrow. I will be your God throughout your lifetime until your hair is white with age or the lack thereof with age. He said, I made you and I will care for you. I will carry you along and save you. You know, there's times and seasons in our life, friend, when you can't put another foot in front of the other one, you need him to carry you. He says, I'll carry you. I'll be with you. I'm not going to leave you. I will always be with you. Trouble won't scare me off. Trials won't make me leave you. I'll walk with you in the fire. I'll walk with you through the flood. When you walk through, notice I said through, when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he said, you don't have to be afraid because I am with you. He says, I'll be with you for your whole lifetime. Joy comes when we remember that he is our God. Secondly, where we pick back up today, joy is found. Joy is found in the purpose of God. What is God doing right now in your life? What's God doing right now in your circumstances? God is up to something. God is always on the move. God is always at work. God is not just standing by, arms crossed, watching everything transpire in our world. God is at work. We sang a few weeks ago, even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. Even when I don't understand it, God, you are at work. Our God is at work today in us. God is at work around us. God is it work through us I tell you today there is a purpose that God has for your life he's up to something he's been stirring some of your hearts he's been stirring some of your minds the Holy Spirit is at work right now the Holy Spirit I I I can't I don't always I'll tell you I don't always understand what God is up to and 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 doing 
the last few weeks, God has been up to something in our worship. God has been up to something in our times of exalting him. There's been something. that It's, it's like the Holy Spirit's been breathing and blowing across the coals in our heart. God, I believe God is trying to awaken something inside of us. God, God is trying to stir up something that's inside of us. God is at work. Life is not out of control. There's a God who's at work and he's in control of all things. And my friend, if you and I can get a glimpse of that truth, it causes joy to be again to come to the surface. You and I need to believe that he's a God of purpose in your life. The truth is he's your creator. He's the author of your life and your existence. You and I are here today on planet earth. Because God has a purpose in you. One of the worst times in our lives is when you don't see any purpose in your life. When that happens, life becomes mundane. It becomes hopeless. It becomes directionless. It becomes lifeless. If you don't see any purpose in your life, then you just begin to drift through life. And and you try holding on until you can make something happen at the next stop. It even happens in the church. When you lose sense of your purpose in light of the kingdom of God, you lose sense that God has a purpose for you, that God didn't bring you to a church just to give you a seat to sit on every Sunday. But God has a purpose in your existence. God has a purpose. The Bible says we have this hidden treasure. We have this jewel on the inside of us. Listen, God doesn't put things of high value inside of you for you and I just to keep bottled up inside of us. Heard about a kindergarten teacher. She was, <laughs> she was walking around her classroom and the children in her room, she had given them the assignment. They were to draw a picture to show the entire class. And so she kind of walked among their desk and looked as the children were drawing. There was one little girl who was being so precise in what she was drawing. And I mean, she was totally, all of her attention was enveloped in what she was doing and so she stopped by the desk and she watched for a few moments and looked at the little girl and said honey what what are you drawing and she said I'm drawing a picture of God the teacher kind of laughed a little bit she said well honey let me tell you there's nobody around that really knows what God looks like The little girl, without missing a beat, looked up at the teacher and said, they will in just a minute. (laughs) Everybody else has missed it, but this kindergarten, she said, I've got the answer. There's a purpose to this picture I'm drawing today so that you can really see what God looks like. Friend, there's a purpose to your life. And knowing that your life has purpose changes your perspective on how you live your life. And when you understand that your life has purpose, nobody will be able to talk you out of that truth. No circumstance 
will be able to alter it. No situation will be able to convince you that your life does not have purpose. When you understand that your life has purpose, it causes your heart, it causes your mind. Something changes on the inside of you and joy begins to well up inside of you that says my troubles are not in control. The difficulties around me are not in control. When I understand that there's a purpose in my life, I am not an accident. I'm not just another number. But my father fearfully and wonderfully made me. He knew me before I was born. He knows the word before it's even on my tongue. My God is so caught up in my life, even the very hairs on our head are even numbered our life has purpose that is found in God you see when you're a person of purpose you understand that the circumstances in life are not in control you and I serve a God of purpose and he is at work even when we don't see it we don't understand it when we don't know it God can bring about a purpose in my life when things are going good and I want you to hear me on this God can bring about purpose when things are difficult he's a God of purpose He's got a purpose in your life and mine. He's got a purpose in our church. He's got a purpose in our world. Today our world is full of leaders who think they're in control. But how many of you know he's the one who holds the world in the palm of his hand? If you don't get a vision of the fact that he's a God of purpose, then when your happiness gets turned upside down, you're not going to know what to do. But for those who understand the purpose of God, when happiness gets turned upside down, joy, joy will continue to rise to the surface. You see, he is able to give beauty for ashes. He can take nothing and bring about something. That's the kind of God he is. He's the God who can do the impossible. He's the God who can do the incredible. He's the God who has no limits in our life. When a person comes and rains on your parade, you ever met those people? You're having a perfectly good day, and they came and decided to rain on your parade. When that happens, happiness will leave, but joy will rise to the surface. Remind you that this, no one is in control of your life but God. Some of you, somebody today in this place needs to hear that. Doesn't matter what somebody is saying or doing, God is in control of your life. It doesn't matter what circumstances seem to be dictating to you. God is in control of your life. Joy. Jesus said that my joy will be in you and that your joy will be complete. Joy will take you. Sounds like the toddlers are having fun this morning. <laughs> you know what the thing I love about that that's life right there that's life <laughs> joy will take you friend where happiness cannot go joy will sustain you when happiness has been exhausted and depleted joy is delight in the purpose of God Romans 8 and 28 I love this passage and we know somebody say we know and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who are called according to his what purpose. Isaiah 14 and 27, for the Lord Almighty has 
purposed and who can thwart him? His hand is stretched out and who can turn it back? God is a God of purpose, friends. Joy is supernatural delight in the purpose of God. I want to go on to the third point this morning. And I want to spend, y'all, um, I, I, I'll just have to tell you the honest truth. My watch went dead a little while ago. <laughs> and all of y'all's are wrong. Mine says it's only eight minutes after 10. So I have to tell you, with that be the case, I don't know when I started and I don't know when I'll finish. <laughs> I want to spend a couple minutes on this point because I think right now in what's happening in our world and what's happening even in the culture of the church, I think this is um, so important. The third thing I share with you today is this, joy is found in the people of God. Joy is found in the people of God. Jesus, when asked what the greatest commandments were, what did he say? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength. And what did he say? The second one is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. God has an order and God has a purpose to everything. And joy comes when things are in right order. We find joy when we see the purpose of God and we commit ourselves to his purpose. And then joy comes when we commit ourselves to the people he created. It's about loving God and loving people. When you lose joy in the people of God, you lose something that is very precious. Now, the truth is, People are going to disappoint you. I don't know if you knew that. But they are. If they haven't yet, they will. Because they're human. People have disappointed you, and I hate to take this may shock some of y'all, but you have disappointed others. <laughs> That's the reality of the world that you and I live in. Now, when people disappoint us, we usually have one of a couple responses. We will either react. How many of you know what reactions can be like? Reactions can be difficult. Reactions can be uh, explosive. And much, much good seldom ever comes from reactions. It's so when those words are spoken, they can't be recovered. Hurts, they can't be soothed. It's kind of, it's kind of like, some of y'all will understand this, it's kind of like a bomb going off. Reactions usually leave a lot of things in pieces, broken and torn apart. The other response we can have, we, we, we've all experienced that explosive response. The other response we can have, usually with the people of God, is a word we call retreat. Now, sometimes we look, use the word retreat, and we use it in a very positive way. I'm going to uh, go on vacation. I'm on a retreat from work for a little while. 
and I'm going to get rest, and I'm going to get refreshed, and I'm going to use this retreat as a time to get encouraged. But often the word retreat doesn't bring about those responses. If you don't mind, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to be, um, I'm going to be your pastor for a few minutes, and I'm just going to talk to you for a minute, okay? A lot of times, we have some really high expectations on people. And let me narrow that a little bit closer. We have some really high expectations on people in the church. And then when they hurt us, we use this phrase, I'm backing away. I'm not going to be with those people anymore. We back away and we retreat and we say, you know what? I can serve God just fine and be at home all by myself. I don't need to go there. I don't need to go there to get to heaven. It's going to get quiet here for a few minutes. We retreat back in. We pull away from the people of God. There are those who've been hurt in church situations. They have promised themselves, I won't let myself go back into those kind of relationships again. I had prepared uh, the message I would share with you. Last night I was sitting out on the front porch and I was, I had finished going through my notes and I was just doing some uh, some research online and I came across right on the front page came across this article that had been written and it was about why some people have quit going to church in America and the author of this said these words as as humans we've often put unrealistic and unhealthy expectations on other people and when an, uh, an, excuse me, my brain and my mouth aren't in conjunction this morning. When an expectation is unmet, it leads to hurt. And as humans, we are built to avoid pain and seek comfort. And when the church, there's a word I want you to really notice here. When the church doesn't meet a person's, here's the word, expectations it can easily cause them to give up on church the thought is I can just do this at home many treat the church the same way they do rental car insurance it's optional Diedrich Bonhoeffer I won't take time to read through Long quote, he gives a quote in this, and his point is that unrealistic expectations destroy genuine community in the body of Christ. I didn't, I'm reading this, I didn't write it. We expect a pastor to be at our beck and call. It is a wish dream. When we expect church people to be perfect, it is a wish dream. When we expect to agree with everyone, it is a wish dream. The wish dream destroys true community because we complain 
about what we don't like, listen to this, instead of plugging into what is right. There's a lot right there. There's a lot right there. It's easy to capitalize on what's not right, and we completely overlook what is right. Not everyone, have you ever heard the phrase, everyone in the church is a what? Hypocrite? Not everyone in the church is a hypocrite. That's a false statement. He says, I fear that many unhealthy expectations about the church, it's not perfect. There are issues in every church. <laughs> this was a funny line. He said, there are annoying people there. <laughs> Do not raise your hand. Do not poke your neighbor. There are people, hold on here, there are people who think differently. There are people in every church you will not agree with. Instead of having true community, many have left it because it's easier, they say, to worship God at home. The problem is that God did not wire us to be alone. We are truly better together. It's in community that we grow, we are challenged, we are stretched, we are inspired to truly live for Jesus. He said it's messy, it's difficult, and at times it can be frustrating, but it is worth it because God works in community. If you feel you can believe in God and not go to church, you can also play sports by yourself. You can talk to yourself. You can even high-five yourself. But just because it's possible doesn't mean it's better. Life is meant to live with others in community. God did not create you and I to walk this journey alone. Do not misunderstand me. We've all been hurt. But listen, if you hadn't come to, to a church, you would have been hurt in this world just the same. It's not like come to church and get hurt. It's the only place you can get hurt. If you live on this planet, how many of y'all live on this planet? If you live on this planet, there are other humans that are going to live here with you, and you're going to run the risk of being hurt. It's part of living. Have y'all ever been to Walmart? <laughs> Let me ask you this. Have you ever been frustrated at Walmart? <laughs> have you ever been beyond frustrated at Walmart? <laughs> yeah. But you know what's amazing? You still go to Walmart. <laughs> Frustrating or not. The enemy has lied to us and said, you know what? If I get hurt at the church, I ain't going there no more. The enemy's goal is to steal, kill, and destroy. If you have lost joy in the people of God, you have lost something incredibly precious in your life. The other Friday night, 
We had uh, a great evening of fellowship together. Uh, a lot of the guys, we've been announcing for a few weeks that we were going to have a guy's night of barbecue. And you, you get guys, if you say barbecue, guys will come. It's, it's in our DNA. It just, they just come. We had, I, I listened on Friday night as we were outside, and I listened to, to guys laughing together. I listened to guys enjoying company together. I listened to guys engaging in conversation together. I watched smiles on their faces. I watched guys high-fiving, and I watched guys just having an incredible. There, we, we were outside, and it was an incredible evening of joy as guys just got together. God did not intend on you and I living life alone. He did not intend on you and I taking this journey by ourselves. There's a community that God intended for you and I to be in. It's a community called the church. Joy comes from being in relationship with the people of God. No one else on this planet knows what it's like to walk this journey called Christianity like another believer. The blessing that comes to our life when another believer stands with you, encourages you, spurs you on to believe that God is at work in your life and that he will never let you go. There's nothing that compares to another believer standing with you and entering into the realm of prayer with you, believing with you, praying with you, trusting with you, we were never created to do this thing alone. We've thrown the baby, if you will, out with the bathwater. People see many negatives with other Christians. But I tell you, there are great things in the body of Christ. There's more for us than against us. There are greater things to rejoice about than to be cynical about. Maybe you've seen some bad things, but you haven't seen it all. This, across our community around the world, churches gathering together just like you and I today. This is not a man-made organization. This is the bride of the Lord Jesus Christ. Without embarrassment or shame, I declare to you that the body of Christ is the greatest entity on the face of this earth. It is the people of God, the bride of Christ, people who have been called by his purpose. There's an encouragement and a healing that comes from being with the people of God. The joy of God's people is one of the best things. Listen to the words of Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12. Two people are better off than one. For they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other person can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lie close together and can keep each other warm. How can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked 
and defeated. But two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better. For a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Friend, I would declare to you today that joy, success, and blessing come to your life when you are connected to God's people. There's an encouragement the people of God can give. The world cannot match. God did not design you. God did not purpose you. God did not destine you and I to be alone. In fact, it was in the creation that God himself said it is not good that man should be alone. God created us to be in healthy relationships with one another. We need one another. We can stand and fight the spiritual fight together. We can pray for one another, believe for one another, encourage one another, help pick up one another. Friend, if you choose to take the path of life without the people of God, you will miss untold blessings and supernatural joy and delight that can only be found in the people of God. I want to close by asking you this question today friend do you know Jesus Christ as your Savior I'm not asking do you know about him I'm not asking do you know that he as many would say in our world today that he was a good man a religious teacher a prophet do you know Jesus Christ as the Savior of the world more closely do you know Jesus Christ as a Savior of your life do you know him in a personal way you know in our world today people get connected with religion and there's all kinds of things they have to do they've got to do all kinds of works to be made good enough and they've got to do all these things let me tell you something the gospel today is a free gift it's free the reason it's free is because it's so incredible it's so uh, of, of great value, if it weren't free, you could never get it. You could never earn it. You could never have enough to buy it. You could never be good enough to attain it. God, knowing that truth, gave it as a free gift. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Friend, do you know Jesus Christ as your Savior? I didn't ask you, do you come to church every week? It doesn't matter that you come to church every week if you and I don't know Jesus. Do you know Jesus as your personal Savior? Would you bow your heads this morning? Father, I pray in Jesus' name, Lord, that you would just speak to our hearts today. Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, that... Uh, Lord, you just take a moment today and you would just talk to us about our lives. Father, I pray for those today that have walked inside of this place and they don't know you as Savior and Lord. They've not experienced sin forgiven. They've not experienced the life and the joy we talked about earlier. They, like many of us, have tried a lot of things in this life to try to soothe and find the answers. 
many of them have turned to a lot of things that have turned into vices in their life. And what they've found is when they wake up, it's still there. When the new relationship's over, the void is still there. Lord, true joy and true life can only be found in you, Jesus. And Lord, I just pray for people that have walked inside of this room today. I don't care if they've been here for 25 or 30 years or if today's their first day. Either situation does not matter. What does matter is, Lord, you do love them. And you've given the greatest gift you could ever give, your son, Jesus Christ, to die for our sin that we could be made in right relationship with you. So, Lord, I ask you right now just to speak to hearts across this room today. In Jesus' name. Friends, would you just keep your heads bowed for just a few moments this morning? I don't know where life may have brought you to today. And I don't know what circumstances may be going on. From time to time, I come across people who say, you know what? I'm here today because I just felt like I needed to get back in church. There are people who walk in and say, you know what? I, I just need to give my life to Jesus Christ. For some of you, maybe it's, uh, it's coming home time. It's time of returning. Maybe you've been away for a while from the Lord. And you say... As the prodigal child, it's time for me to return home. Friend, I want to tell you today, if you don't know Jesus or maybe you're away from him, you can today before you leave this place. It's not hard. You don't have to earn it. Actually, what you need just need to do is just receive it. Receive the gift of eternal life in Jesus Christ. So I wonder this morning, right where you're at, if, friend, if you just say, you know what, Pastor, I need a relationship with Jesus Christ. I'd like to know him as my personal Savior. Friend, if that's you, would you just slip your hand up right where you're at this morning? Say, please remember me in prayer today, Pastor. I need a relationship with Jesus today. Yes. How many others? You just slipped a hand up. Friend, I'm not here to embarrass you. I'm not here to call you out just right where you're at. Would you lift your hand and say, please remember me in prayer today, Pastor. Okay, here's what we're going to do this morning. Friend, if you lifted your hand, if you didn't lift your hand, but you say today is the day, Today is a day that I make Jesus the Lord of my life. Here's what I want us to do all across this building. I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer together with me this morning. And if you raised your hand or you didn't, but you say, you know what, I need Jesus, I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer today from your heart. Let's pray together all across this room. Dear Lord Jesus. I believe that you died on the cross. I believe 
that you rose from the grave. And I believe that you're soon to return. And Lord Jesus, I ask you today that you would forgive my sin. You'd forgive my past. You would forgive every sin and every wrongdoing in my life. Today I choose to repent of my sin and turn from my sin. I choose today to live for you and to serve you all the days of my life. And so I ask you to forgive my sin. And I ask you to give me eternal life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, friend, we make things so hard sometimes. It's not a hard thing. We just need to receive the wonderful gift that comes from salvation. Would you stand with me this morning? And I'm going to ask you to do something. I'll be honest with you. Maybe today is your first day. You say, wow, I'm not too sure about some of those folks. That's okay. <laughs> Sometimes we aren't either. I want to encourage you to do something. I would like to ask you today if you're comfortable to do this, and if you're not, friend, you don't have to do it. What I'd like to ask you to do is, would you move across your aisle and join your neighbor by the hand? Just, just join the aisles, and over here on the other side, if y'all across the aisle, and join together and uh, take your neighbor by the hand. You know, one of the incredible things about this group of people and many others around the world today is these are folks y'all are going to go to heaven with. One day, I can't wait till we get there. I, I can't imagine looking over there and I see Jeff over there worshiping the Lord. And, and I look over and there's Don Long worshiping the Lord. Faithfully served the Lord for many years. We stand there together. And I look back and see John. And we're all going to be there together in heaven. Here's what I want to do. Listen, listen to me for just a moment. The enemy's going to fight you. The enemy's going to try to discourage you and he's going to try to get you off the tracks. The enemy's going to try to discourage you in one another. The enemy's going to try to do his best to get you separated from the body of Christ. Because this, the enemy knows when you're by yourself, you are open prey. To the enemy. What I'd like to ask you to do this morning, you may not even know the names of the people beside you. That's okay. He knows them. He incredibly knows them as he knows you. I would like to ask you today to pray a special prayer of blessing over your neighbor. You may not know the battles. <laughs> you may not know the battles some of them walked through this week. You may not know the tears that were shed in their house. You may not know the tears they cried on the way to this church today. But God the Father knows today. And He loves us with an everlasting love. I'm just going to ask you today, would you just pray a prayer for the people on both sides of you? Would you join me now? Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you today. 
And Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters today. I lift up, God, those today who've been walking through difficult places. And I lift up, God, those today who've been walking through difficult valleys. I, I pray for those, God, today who are facing illness and sickness. Lord, you are their healer. And in Jesus' name, I ask you for the healing of their bodies. You know, those who are walking with broken hearts. God, I pray that you would bind up the brokenhearted. Lord, you know those who've battled with mind games and mind battles. Father, you didn't give us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. I pray a sound mind over my brothers and sisters. I pray clear thoughts over my brothers and sisters. I pray a garment of praise over instead of the spirit of heaviness. I pray, God, your hand to be upon them. I pray you'll bless them as they come in, as they go out, as they rise up, as they sit down. I pray your blessing over their mind, over their bodies. I pray your blessing over their marriages and their homes. I pray your blessing over every area of their life. God, I pray you'll keep them right in the palm of your hand. And Lord, I ask you today just to bind us together as a body of believers. Bind us together, Lord Jesus, one heart, one mind, one purpose, and that's to accomplish your will and your purpose through this body of believers. So, Lord, strengthen those who need strength today. Encourage those who need encouragement. Lord, I pray you'll continue to faithfully walk with those who today are on the mountaintop. And I pray your abiding presence to continue with those who are walking through the valley. And Lord, we look forward to the day when we stand together with other believers, a number beyond all imagination, as we stand together in heaven around the throne of God. Father, until that day, Bind us as believers together. In the name of Jesus, I ask it all. Amen, amen, and amen. Friend, I want to encourage you. If you've lost joy in the people of God, ask the Lord to restore your joy. I want to encourage you, if you've separated yourself, I want to encourage you, get back in the game. Get back in the game. And let's accomplish everything that God has for us to accomplish we are not here by accident there's purpose in our being here let's fulfill that purpose god bless you today may the joy of the lord always be our strength god bless you have a great afternoon in jesus god bless